In this episode, which is a continuation of the previous episode, McKinsey and the Coronavirus Crisis, Lisa Bright, a former McKinsey consultant, and I talk through how we would build a structure to solve the coronavirus. First, in a case interview, and second, for an actual project. We go through three total iterations, and you'll see how they develop, how they get refined, and how the data level gets very specific. I'm excited to be here with Lisa Bright, who is ex-McKinsey and one of our fantastic case coaches at MC. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So excited to have you today for this conversation on the coronavirus or COVID-19 metrics and structures. Today, what we'll do is demonstrate a few different iterations of a structure that could be used to address or solve, solve might be not the right word here, but to address a problem that's posted by one of the stakeholders in the coronavirus issue. And today we're gonna target the federal government. Really exciting. <laughs> awesome. So as this is totally hypothetical. I know that you don't work for McKinsey now, but of course it's a very close proxy to what is actually happening inside the federal advisory groups. And we'll see some of the results of that information. We're seeing pieces of it, of course, come out in the news, but we'll see the results of it over time. What we're going to do today is three different iterations of the potential project plan, if you will. Two of them are going to be case format. So I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to ask you the prompt, and then I'll ask you for a point A, which is just an initial two-minute take on it. Then we're going to talk about that a little bit. After that, we're going to go through the second version of the prompt. So we'll make changes and edits based on some reflection. And then we're going to jump over to an actual project plan. We're going to compare and contrast what those look like compared to the final project plan. Do you have any questions before we dive in? I'm ready, let's go. All right, so the first question is, you are advising the federal government. Today is April 28th, 2020, and there are a lot of future questions about what should happen, i.e., should the country reopen its borders? Should the economy be continue to be sustained by federal government backing? Should there be a future of public health mandates that the federal government gives? And how should the federal government be giving advice to um, reacting and setting metrics for states and counties and other decision-making bodies in the rest of this process? I.e., it's a completely open pathway forward. What would you recommend? Do you have any questions about the background? Um, I think that's pretty clear. So just to just to clarify, we are looking at this from a pretty broad perspective. Um, so our we're ultimately serving sort of like a federal government, almost like the task force, um, and thinking about all different facets of the economy, businesses, um, healthcare, kind of the full full range of what COVID nineteen <laughs> involves. Is yes. that a kind of an accurate understanding of that? An accurate understanding is that there is basically no limit to what you need to look okay. at. <laughs> Great. All right. Perfect. Um, so if you just give me a couple minutes here, I'll just kind of gather my thoughts and uh, lay out an approach for how we might approach this. Sounds great. All right. Lisa took one minute and 47 seconds to build her first iteration of the structure. Let's take a look at it now. All right. So I think I have an approach um, of how I'd like to tackle this. So I'm going to walk you through um, the buckets that I have and I'll just kind of show you. um, Here's what I took down. So I wrote down my notes. And then I've got um, kind of three main buckets at the top, and then I have those segmented down a little bit further. Great. So Walk me through your structure. Mm. Um, so overall, to assess 
um, the situation with COVID-19, I broke this out into three main things. So number one is I want to do um, kind of a full assessment kind of from a U.S. perspective um, of, of various metrics. And we can take a, a deeper dive into that. The second would be understanding um, what the benchmarks could be for other countries um, to see you know, how we compare overall. And then the third would be taking those two components to devise a plan about um, kind of a short term. How do we re- decide if we reopen, close um, and then a longer term view as well moving forward? Great. Um, so let's dive into each one of those. So from a U.S. assessment, um, I first started off by looking at um, two major buckets, which was um, evaluating the disease itself and sort of the um, the progression of that. The second being um, assessing the healthcare system. Um, so I started with those two and then also kind of from a broader perspective, thinking about the economy and the impact on the society. And so I have those four major things, disease, um, the healthcare perspective, um, the economy and society as a whole. So okay. I'll dive into each one of those as well. Um, so within the disease, I think uh, the key thing would be getting some information on um, the actual infection rates, um, the hospitalization rates, death rates, um, the reinfection rates. So there's a lot of things that we could look at to really understand how this thing is evolving. And then also the projection of those things so we can see how those would um, progress in the future. And then in kind of comparison to that, looking at um, the response from the healthcare system perspective and how well we're actually able um, to address these issues. So looking at, I kind of broke this down and thinking about testing versus the hospitals. So looking at the amount of tests, um, you know, the, the time it takes to get a test, um, and then um, overall looking at uh, how that translates to the hospitalization. So looking at hospitalization rates, the number of ICU beds, um, all the things that you hear about on a typical basis about how our healthcare system is doing, including labor, like the protective equipment, et cetera. And then, so I think those two things will kind of help us assess where the disease is going versus um, the healthcare system and its ability to meet those needs. Um, And then there's a lot of impact on the society as a whole from the economy and societal perspective. So with the economy, thinking about like weekly GDP and how this is affecting things, unemployment rates, interest rates, stock market, obviously is changing quite a bit these days. Um, And then from a societal perspective, thinking about the impact that it's having on people. Um, So, you know, education, people that are in school, um, physical health, mental health, um, you know, with the economy being down. So there's a lot of different metrics that we can look at um, from that perspective. And then, so those are the the things I like to think about in terms of assessing the current situation. And then in terms of benchmarks, um, thinking about other countries. So I think we need to define what countries would be the right benchmarks um, because there's a lot of variance and then how those countries are actually collecting their data and is it a fair apples to apples comparison with the US and kind of accounting for that. Um, So for example, how are they defining their death rates? Um, And then pulling the metrics and doing a side-by-side comparison to see how the US is tracking relative to other countries and what we can learn from them. Uh, And then moving to the third one around the the long-term and short-term plan. So thinking about prevention versus mitigation. So as we think about, you know, if we start to reopen the economy, um, how can we actually prevent the spread of the disease more? So, you know, what kind of social distancing measures to keep in place um, and measuring um, whether or not this is actually increasing um, in terms of the rates. And then in terms of mitigation, also thinking about, Um, How do we mitigate this moving forward? Like what kind of implementations can we put in place um, to do that? And some of this we can always um, pull from 
the data that we have versus the benchmarks to see what's working and what's not um, and decide what kind of mitigation factors we should put in place moving forward. Okay, awesome. So I know it's a little tricky to identify maybe a hypothesis for this. Can I push you to state one? Yes. So um, I my hypothesis is that the U.S. has actually um, done a fair job in managing uh, managing the spread versus other countries once we actually look at the, the data um, and normalize for some of the differences um, and that there is still a huge risk, but I think that a, a slow opening of the economy in a, a strategic way um, will be necessary to kind of mitigate some of those economic factors while still um, taking into account the healthcare issues as well. Great. Okay, Lisa, let's take a step back. You can relax for a minute. All right. The hot seat is cool for just a second. <laughs> oh, that was uh, a I lot. Wa- I know. So what I want to talk about is how you think we could make it better. Is there a way to drive simplicity? Uh, this is a very complex and kind of open-ended problem. Uh, it, it felt to me like we maybe had uh, more buckets than we needed. Are there any that we could take off uh, or... Um, like roll in essentially, you know, kind of put them into another category uh, just for the case interview format, recognizing right. that maybe in a normal format, we would want to keep those separately. So I'm looking for feedback from you first and then I'll lay mine on. Yeah. So the assessment, there's a lot of things that are going on there because there's this really high level view. Um, I think depends on what our ultimate question is. We can maybe scale back some of the societal or economic um, analysis a bit more. Um, I think the biggest thing that we're focused on right now is the disease versus the healthcare system because I think we want to slow the spread so that we don't overwhelm the healthcare system. So I think that would be probably the primary. Um, I don't. So maybe I, I maybe kinda, combining those into the same category where we basically say like projected infection rates versus capacity. Yeah. Okay. Um, and at what level would you recommend looking at that? Is that at a national level or is there a better way to think about that? Yeah. So initially I would think about that as a na- at a national level to compare to um, to other countries. But then ultimately we see such a variance in, let's say, New York versus I'm in the Midwest. There's not a lot of cases here. Um, so I think that does have to be broken down a bit more on a kind of state by state or region specific um, level to extract more insights out of that because the country as a whole, there's so much variety. Okay, great. Uh, so maybe we would have to incorporate some of those those data nuances into the structure. Yeah, mm-hmm. what else? What else could we do to make it simpler or more direct? Yeah, so I think the benchmarks, um, this is an area that uh, we'll need to get the, that's something we would need to have some data around in order to kind of compare and see how we're doing as a whole. Um, so that, from that perspective, I think that the key thing there is just narrowing down which countries. Um, so, so what I, I would have loved to have seen was maybe some data specifically that you would look at to narrow down the countries. I guess if you yep. could have driven into that, that would have been really helpful to, because mm-hmm. it was good for you to say we need to find the countries, but maybe knowing yeah. how, how do we know when we found one yeah. would be helpful. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So there would be some that you want to look at as like a gold standard. You know, obviously you want to look at maybe like South Korea or, and then you have Italy on the other hand. And then you have a lot more that would be either like the U.S. Um, or different models like Sweden. I think they've taken a very different approach overall um, to how they're managing this. So ones that are um, examples that are out of the norm and then ones that are kind of more benchmarked and on par with the U.S. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of the plan, this is one where I didn't have a whole lot of time towards the end. So I was trying to think of how to break this out. I think um, with the plan, I think looking at like a short term and long term, those are very different. So I might want to break those out separately um, and talk about either the prevention and mitigation for both of those. 
Um, and I'd love to get a little bit more specifics in terms of like what kind of metrics we would want to track specifically for those two. Yeah, I think I think that would have been really helpful because I think what you said was we're going to need to track them, but that doesn't mm-hmm. give us the data specifically that we would yes. try to go find or what we think we should track, of course, knowing that it could change. But I, I think that's one thing that it seems like a lot of people are really in need of right now. They don't, mm-hmm. they feel like reopening feels so tenuous because h- how do we track when we need to close again, if we need to close again? Yeah. Is it better to just stay closed or is it better to to go through the process, but then mm-hmm. shut it all down again? You know, what's, what is more challenging yeah. or painful? So some some sense I think is, uh, is a big hunger right now mm-hmm. for people to know what that looks like. So maybe yeah. if you could propose some data on that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it, too, is some of the data that's in the assessment. So looking at the infection rates and how many ICU beds are available and things like that to decide, can we reopen? And um, the growth rates of those determining whether or not we need to close down again and so forth. So just kind of refining those metrics in that last bucket, I think, would be really awesome. So I think that for me, it seemed like a very messy structure, mutually exclusive and very collectively exhaustive. I feel like there was, you know, you basically were like, let's look at all of the data. So the two things that I would love to see in the next iteration are a little bit more combined simplicity, like we were talking about, so that we can really drive at what's the most important thing. And also a sense of prioritization. So where you would start, even if it's not where we end up, but just like some of the data that I might specifically want to look at would be X, Y, or Z. Yep. Do you have any right. questions before we go for it one more time? No, I think um, I think we can we can work off of that and do another version of it and see how that one turns out. <laughs> now, this seems a little unfair because you're the one that created these drills for people in your structure <laughs> sessions, which are now world famous, uh, getting people from a place where they have no idea where to start a case to really robust and complex structure. So I'm turning the tide on you. It's rude, huh? Yes. All right. If you give me a couple minutes, I will lay this one out and do another turn of this one to see if we can get a little bit more specific and, and simplify the main things we want to look at. Thanks, Lisa. We'll look forward okay. to hearing back from you. All right. Sounds good. Lisa took a minute and 40 seconds to rebuild her structure. Let's take a look at how it evolved. Okay. So I think I've laid out a, a new approach here, kind of a second turn um, of the of the structure. So I'm going to go ahead and walk you through that. So I simplified a little bit. It's kept the, the initial similar bucket. So I'll just kind of show you what that looks like and we'll talk through it. So I still have the, the three primary buckets that I had before. So the, the U.S. assessment, comparing that to benchmarks, and then sort of a strategic plan long term. Um, within the U.S. assessment, so instead of having the four that I had previously, I broke that down into assessing the healthcare versus the economic impact. Um, so from a healthcare perspective, um, the main two things I want to look at here would be assessing um, the focus on the growth um, of the infection rates, um, reinfection rates, um, and things of that nature versus um, the actual healthcare system. Um, so going back um, to talk about those a little bit more. So in terms of measuring the disease, I think the key thing is we need to start understanding um, what the projection is um, using different metrics. So accounting for things like social distancing, um, things including like um, uh, shutting down different parts of the economy. So uh, what would be the actual total number of people infected um, and what would be the peak? So that we can compare that to the overall healthcare capacity and looking at the number of um, ICU beds that are available, um, the number of um, labor that's available, you know, protective equipment. So we can really get sort of a overall utilization of the healthcare system so we can manage that over time and kind of look at the data. Um, 
From an economic perspective, I think the key thing would be looking at overall um, output in terms of, I would say, GDP probably would be um, a key factor as well as unemployment. That is a major issue that we're dealing with right now. So really assessing um, those two key factors um, as time goes on. Um, and then what would be the projection of those under different scenarios? Um, and then in terms of benchmarks, um, so pulling other countries, uh, such as I would say looking at the overall um, death rates of other countries and looking at the size of those different countries to pick what would be the most relevant benchmarks. Um, having some that are um, both a mixture of ones that have done really well in terms of managing this and ones that have not done so well and then some that are on par with the U.S. Um, and so some data that we want to look at there, I would say, would primarily be the same metrics that we used for the U.S., um, but looking at that, that for those other countries as well um, to project how well um, they're doing under certain circumstances. And then the last bucket, looking at the overall um, mitigation and prevention plan, I broke this into long term and short term. So in the short term, um, looking at the uh, overall uh, number of reinfection rates over time using those mitigation factors. Um, so that would be the major thing that I would want to assess. And I think we'd break that down across different states that are employing different types of measures. Um, so looking at the reinfection rates, death rates, um, and then the impact on the economy. So it's still looking at those similar factors, um, but with those implementation um, measures in place. Um, and then longer term, um, some of the things we want to look at is the overall impact, both from a healthcare system and the economy as well. Okay, amazing. So both of those were McKinsey quality. I like I liked both of them for you, version A and version B, mostly because you seemed confident in your ability to solve the problem in both situations. Both were data-driven, both were clearly laid out, but that second one felt to me clearer in the data mm -hmm. level and more action-oriented. Like we could really quickly go get the data and then assess whether it was the right data or not and assess whether yep. the data was meaningful. Uh, so I really liked that. And now, uh, to set the quest before you. The final task is to uh, break for as long as you need to develop a McKinsey level version of this as if you were actually beginning a project. And uh, so I want you to just ping me back and we'll jump back on when you're done with that. And then we'll talk a little bit about what the differences would be between what you can do in two minutes in the case interview format and what you can do when you have a more uh, normal amount of time when you're actually doing this on the job. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Soon. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Lisa took over 20 minutes to develop in PowerPoint a very comprehensive structure, building on her two prior structures and going down into the data level. Let's take a look at what she did. All right. So Lisa, we're back and you're ready to go, huh? Uh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> take me a little while through... when I've got to approach. Well, walk me through your process here of how you came up with this version and what the purpose of it would be, how it's different. Just give me a little bit of context before you present it. Mm -hmm. So overall, I kept the overall similar structure um, in terms of the high level buckets. Um, but in doing this, I actually went back to my initial structure um, and broke out some of those components a little bit more. As I started filling out the data, um, it seemed like it was too much in one bucket. So I broke those out a little bit further. Um, and then in addition, I went a couple layers deeper. So typically when you're doing a case, you can only go a couple layers down in terms of timing. 
Um, you can only make so many buckets and you see it starts to expand rather quickly. Um, but this version, I actually started thinking about, for example, within the economy, what are the different subcategories within that? So I broke it down a little bit further. So I want maybe three or four layers down as opposed to the initial couple layers that I had. Great. And before we dive in, what makes this a McKinsey structure? How do we know when we're sniffing it out that this is a McKinsey structure, maybe not a BCG or a Deloitte or a Bain structure? Um, so typically they're going to go a couple more layers down um, is what you usually find, in the, especially in the case interviews. So while maybe two layers is usually pretty good for BCG and Bain, McKinsey likes to have that third layer in there, which can be a little, it's a little challenging in two minutes um, for sure. So sometimes as you talk through it, you can talk through that other layer, um, but it does take time to actually write all that down and make them more messy. Um, and so I'd say it's also a little bit more on the collectively exhaustive side. Um, so instead of being as, you know, hypothesis driven and saying these are the, the two priorities, you know, it, the other ones are still there, but then you would talk through what you think are the highest priorities um, within your structure. Okay, awesome. So walk us through this structure and then walk us through how this would at the end actually get executed. So uh, walk us through what the next steps would be post-structure. Mm -hmm. So um, so let's break this down and take a look at this. So ultimately, I'll kind of show you the structure here first. Great. And so we can overlay it and create a link to it so that other people yep. can access it Perfect. as well. And it looks much prettier than my messy handwriting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I did this on a PowerPoint slide. Um, so what I've broken down um, for this, basically how to measure and assess COVID-19 from a holistic perspective. And so I still have the initial three buckets of the initial assessment of where we're at um, in the growth looking at case studies or benchmarks. And then the third one being a long and short-term strategic plan um, moving forward. And so I'm going to break down each one of those. So starting Great. with the assessment. And you don't, by the way, have mm -hmm. to go all the way into the data level because people mm -hmm. can look at that. But do count for me how many data points you have in each okay. of the subcategories. <laughs> all right. So um, let's take a look at the assessment. So within the assessment, I did keep it um, with the four initial buckets that I had in my first structure. So I had the disease, the healthcare readiness and response, um, the impact on the economy and businesses, and then societal impact, you know, at large um, from a from a people perspective. Um, so let's start with, with the disease. I have, um, for this one, I have sort of current and projected um, in terms of the breakdown. And I have one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, about nine or 10. Great. Different and is that one ca one category, current and projected? Um, yes. Great. Yep. Um, and then, um, so I'll give you just a couple examples, like testing rate, infection rate, ventilation rate, you know, asymptomatic rates. So there's many different things we can look at to assess, um, to assess that. Good. N now, from a healthcare readiness and response perspective, I broke this down into three categories. So I have testing, um, the hospital um, response, and then also looking at therapeutic drugs, which is not something I had thought about previously. Um, and so then uh, there's a few metrics you can look at within each of those. So I probably have, again, about, about 10 different metrics across the three different categories that we can assess there. Um, and then moving on to the impact on the economy and businesses. So I broke this down in terms of um, measures for the economy, um, closures, um, so businesses that are shutting down, operations of those different businesses, like supply chain issues, lead time, stock out rates, things like that. Um, and then financial information around like liquidity, debt ratios and stuff for companies as a whole and how long they can sustain. Um, so that was from an um, economy or business perspective. 
And then societal impact, I grouped this into uh, three different things. I had social engagement. So we're all staying home now. So there's um, a lot of different um, things that we can measure around overall movement and interaction as a society, um, mental health and physical health, and then looking at some metrics for both of those as well. Okay. That's a very, I would call that a very McKinsey comprehensive aspect of the structure. Very good. Okay. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of interesting things I thought that were, that were good to look at there. Like I know we've been canceling um, health procedures and stuff for people. And so there's a lot of impact that COVID-19 is having um, beyond just the actual um, disease and then businesses that are being shut down and stuff. Um, so that's from an assessment perspective. So I think that was pretty comprehensive and looking at, you know, top down, what are all the things that are being impacted? Uh, the second bucket was looking at the other country case studies. Um, so we talked about defining the relevant countries, um, assessing and comparing their data collection procedures. So how they're defining test rates um, or testing rates, their death rates, um, things of that nature. Um, and then looking at, I would say, all those other metrics that we had previously talked about repeated for other countries once we can assess that the data collection process um, is similar. Um, and then assessing their mitigation factors. So looking at the percentage reduction of infection rates based on social distancing, for example, or lack thereof, like in Sweden. Um, so we can look at uh, some data regarding that so we can better assess how we're doing and what works, what doesn't work based on um, case studies. And then in terms of the long-term strategic plan, long-term and short-term, um, I just broke this out in terms of um, prevention and mitigation. So with prevention, um, understanding the sources of uh, the root cause of COVID-19 and other pandemics, um, and then looking at long-term, how can we improve um, healthcare and overall boosting immune systems and things like that. So it's a long-term um, prevention uh, approach. Um, and then prevention, like uh, societal prevention, like hand washing and things like that, and actually tracking a metric um, for each of those things and what, how does that slow the spread exactly? So that, that's, that's some data that we don't really have now. And we don't have a lot of insight into. Um, and it's challenging to gather because yeah. there are a lot of things that maybe, you know, somebody who is hand washing, but then has a lot more contact with somebody would be really different than, right? So so separating yeah. out some of those societal factors could mm -hmm. be really challenging from a data perspective. Yeah. Too. So having some controlled studies on that would be really good moving forward. Amazing. Um, and then in terms of mitigation, so I broke this down into three major categories. So I looked at mitigation from... Um, a healthcare perspective, a business perspective, and more of a government or regulatory perspective. Um, so in terms of mitigation for healthcare, you know, thinking about stockpiles, supply chain, um, our ability to ramp up capacity quickly, um, and looking at some of those factors. Um, from a business standpoint, um, long-term, like looking at our liquidity ratios and preparing for instances like this, um, and like having government contracts and things like that that are in place, so we could ramp up capacity of, let's say, ventilator production very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and then from a regulation perspective, thinking about shutdown protocols um, and how we look at fast tracking approvals. And so measuring some data around like how long it takes to get an approval. Um, you know, what is our overall capacity over time and um, speed to ramp up um, from both a business perspective and healthcare perspective. So that was my my fuller structure. This one was probably a, about a 20 minute version. Um, so we can kind of take a look at um, this one and then we can kind of talk about how that would translate to a project. Great. So let's do that now. What, what would you actually do with this? Is this one person's assignment? Is this the whole team's assignment? If it's the whole team's, how is it broken down? What's the practical next step from this structure? Mm -hmm. 
So I hope this would not be just my assignment. <laughs> There's a lot on here. Um, so this would be Sounds for like the a lot of sleepless nights if it is. Yes, um, yes it is. Um, so this would be more so for an entire team. And so it depends on the size of the team, but we could break this up in different ways. So um, what we would do is kind of look at for each one of these, how much work is involved and then start, start delegating out the work accordingly. So the assessment seems like that would be the biggest piece of work overall. There's a lot of data to track and analyze in that area. Um, so I would probably put the disease and healthcare readiness and response under maybe one person's um, category or work stream that they would work on because those go very much hand in hand. Um, so I would kind of group that into one and that might be one work stream that one analyst um, could work on gathering all that data and fleshing that out a bit more. Um, I think one person could then work on more of the societal impact and the economy. So thinking bigger picture, what's the impact of COVID-19 as a whole? Um, the other case studies, I think there's a lot of work to be done there. I think that could probably be a category in itself of defining what, what those countries will be and then gathering the data, normalizing that. That's actually going to be quite challenging, I would imagine, um, to find relevant benchmarks and then make sense of that data. Uh, and then those, so I'd say those would be kind of the three initial work streams is how I'd envision this. And then all of those things will kind of work together to feed into the, the strategic plan. Um, so that's one that I might make as almost like a secondary work stream that would come after the first three. Whoever finishes um, first. Yes, exactly. Um, and it could be the entire team. Once we kind of get the the base, um, the foundation of all the data, then the team could kind of switch gears towards thinking about what do we actually do about this moving forward and what would be the plan. Amazing. And some of those are so big and the nuance is so vast that you could imagine having multiple teams on them or a team per state almost that would be utilizing a mirror structure. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Lisa, for this really illuminating process that you went through. Uh, I hope that it's helpful for everybody to understand a little bit about the depth that McKinsey would think about the data uh, before diving into the project. And mm -hmm. I just really appreciate your thoughts and perspective. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode on how to structure a coronavirus response from a national level. Lisa did an incredible job and we hope that it was illuminating. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to our channel. Make sure that you are ready for the next episodes coming up and reach out to us if you've got great ideas for future guests on the show at team at management Thanks so much.